0: Before we get to today's scripture passage, I want to spend some time talking about what gets us to it. Today we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And we're going to be talking about David. And we all know David. As Jennifer reminded the kids, David's the man we attribute the Psalms to. This man who wrote these. Songs to God that we so often go to when it seems like we're at a loss for words. But David, David is this man who in scripture twice in 1 Samuel and then again Paul restates it in the book of Acts, that David is a man after God's own heart. These are powerful words to see in Scripture. And in 2 Samuel, what we see unfold is a story of what happens when David is king. And the first part of the book is about the success and blessings that come for the people because David is their king. David... The man after God's own heart, David, the man who the book of Second Samuel begins with, David mourning over the death of King Saul, the man who had tried to kill David. Here he is mourning his death. Scripture lays the groundwork for us to see David as humble, as good, as, as someone to aspire to. And yet, we know David's story. As I was talking with someone after the 8.30 service, we were talking about how we, we'd like to talk about David. We like David, even though we know the moral failing that comes. Probably because it makes David so relatable. We see this man... Of, after God's own heart. And we see him fail completely. And yet we see God not give up on him. Because we know the story of how David saw a beautiful woman named Bathsheba, and he didn't care if she was married. He slept with her. And when David found out that she was pregnant... He called back her husband, Uriah, from war and told Uriah, here's your reward. Go home to your wife for being such a good and faithful soldier. And Uriah refused because he was a good and faithful soldier and all of his friends were still at war. And so Uriah refused to go home. And so when David realized that that his mistake might come out. He gave Uriah a scroll to take to his commander. And Uriah had no clue that the papers he carried back would be sending him to the front lines, sealing his death. All because David, who scripture said, was a man after God's own heart. Became a man obsessed with saving his own reputation. Wanting to preserve his image. Which brings us to today's passage in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 1 through 15, and the verses the passage is printed on the back of our order of worship. But the thing that David had done. Displeased the Lord. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought. He brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children he used to eat of his meager fare and drink from his cup and lie in his bosom and it was like a daughter to him now there came a traveler to the rich man and he was loath to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him but he took the poor man's lamb and prepared that for the guest who had come to him and david's anger was greatly kindled against the man He said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I rescued you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your bosom and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have added much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord? To do what is evil in his sight. You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife, and have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house. For you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, I will raise up trouble against you from within your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this very son. For you did it secretly. I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan said to David, now the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child that is born to you shall die. Then Nathan went to his house David had thought he'd gotten away with it he thought he'd saved his reputation because here he was the king who had married the pregnant widow of one of his fallen soldiers but then in comes his prophet nathan With a complaint, Nathan tells the king of a rich man who had treated a poor man unfairly, how this rich man had taken everything from a poor man. And we saw the anger in the verses that rose up in David at what had been done to this poor man. And we hear the king's decree the rich man shall die. He's angry. But then Nathan tells the king, he tells the man who's over him, his boss, he tells David, You are the man. Nathan had used a story to hold up a mirror in front of David that David had been avoiding looking into. And David did not like what he saw when he realized that the anger that had risen up within him was actually directed at himself. None of us have messed up like David, but all of us know what it is like to be in David's position. All of us know what it's like to have to face up to our sins and our mistakes. It is painful. It's full of, it's Moments filled with shame? It's so uncomfortable, and, and you'd rather not go there. I mean, I remember as a child, the moments I dreaded the most was when I would mess up, and I'd have to face my parents and see the disappointment on their face. But we don't even have to face someone to feel the discomfort at what we've done wrong. Because sometimes we can look into our own reflections in the mirror, and we can see a heaviness and a burden that maybe not anyone else sees. Because all of us know good and well where we have messed up. All of us no, our sins are mistakes. And it's a place none of us want to go. It's a mirror all of us want to avoid. But the thing is God's word always has a way of finding us. Pastor Eugene Peterson said that God's word never leaves anything as some abstract truth outside of us. God's word always finds a way to be directed at us. And that's hard. We're okay talking about sin. We're okay saying that sin is what separates us from God. And we're perfectly fine talking about anyone else's sin. What gets us is when we have to talk about our own sins. The things that we struggle with. Things we don't want to face up to. No, we don't want to face our mistakes. We don't want to own what we've done. Instead, we'd much rather just talk about the truth of God's abundant grace and mercy. We'd rather talk about God's love that covers us. God's love that does not allow any sin to ever hold us. We'd much rather talk about God's grace that is so good and so powerful. We want to talk about the fact that shame can never hold us. And all of these things are true. But here's the other thing that's true that just as Jesus made it where no matter how many sins we have committed, that, that knowing him means that we are forgiven, that he has done the work for us. It's also because of Jesus that sin cannot hold power over us. We see it in the New Testament. That because of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, when we know the truth of Jesus as Lord, that we have the power within us to fight temptation. As believers, sin has as much power over us as we allow it to. And the greatest power that sin can hold can hold over us is letting us keep our sins to ourselves, letting us keep Carrying the shame that can come with it. David didn't want to face the mirror, but as soon as he faced the mirror, as soon as he owned his mistakes and he apologized, he repented. Nathan looked at David and said, You are forgiven. Sin has as much power over us as we allow it to, as we give it. And whenever we mess up, all we have to do is ask for forgiveness instead of feeling like David sometimes that we want to say face, that we, that we don't want people to see our, our humanity. But we have to be willing to face The truth of sin, of our own sinfulness. The reason why we put this passage in the first Sunday in Lent is because we need to remember that we don't want to, why we need Easter, why we need Good Friday. why we needed Jesus to die on the cross. Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us stand in need of the grace and forgiveness and love of Jesus Christ. All of us stand in need of a Savior. This Lent, may we allow these 40 days to hold up a mirror that we will not avoid, but a mirror that we will face head on. Where we will look into and name before God what we personally need his help in dealing with. What places in our lives where we need His healing and His power so that we can walk as His disciples in this world? This Lent, are we willing to face the mirror? Because as soon as we are willing to name our sins before God, we invite him into those spaces, and we remove the shame that they have been carrying on our shoulders. May we be willing to face the mirror, Because we don't have to be afraid of it. Because we know the truth that every time we face the mirror, every time we lay before God our sins, that he will speak the words, you are forgiven. You are loved. You are mine. So may we face the mirror as we prepare for Easter morning. Let us pray.